Today I want to talk about hospitality and making friends of strangers and feeding the hungry as a moment of grace. You know, there are many familiar Bible stories that come to mind when we talk about hospitality. In the book of Genesis, for example, we read that the Lord came by the Oak of Mamre with Abraham sitting at the front of his tent when three men, we learn later their heavenly visitors, came by and Abraham lavished hospitality upon his guest. In the Jewish tradition, hospitality to the stranger is a cultural characteristic. It's a matter of high moral value and virtue. The custom of extending hospitality to anyone that came to the door meant that travelers could count on the generosity of their fellow men and be assured that providing for their welfare would be considered as both a responsibility and a privilege and that they would be nourished and sheltered before continuing their journey. Imagine having that faith and unknowing that somebody would just stop what they're doing and take care of you even though you were a stranger. At that time the unexpected arrival of travelers and nomads required immediate attention. Are these wayfarers friends or foes? If they're friendly, let us spend time with them and offer our best hospitality. And if they are foes, let us spend time with them and offer our best hospitality so that they become our friends. Henry Nouwen tells us, and I quote here because I really want to let you see how beautifully he phrases this. He says, it is our Christian obligation to offer an open space that is hospitable, where strangers can cast off their strangeness and become our fellow human beings, that it is our vocation to convert the hostess, the enemy, into the hospes, the guest, to create the free and fearless space where brotherhood and sisterhood can be formed and fully experienced. Isn't that beautiful? We need a lot more of that these days. So radical hospitality, offering food, shelter, and friendship was the norm. Abraham begs the men to stay a while and not only offers them some refreshment, but if you remember, he picks out a choice calf, the best he has to offer. We know that life for Abraham and Sarah was changed forever because the Lord visited them that day. And in the letter to the Hebrews, we read, do not neglect hospitality, for through it, some have unknowingly entertained angels. I love that. I'm also reminded of the renowned hospitality of the Benedictines, who live by the rule, when a guest comes, Christ comes. Every stranger must be treated like Christ. The Lord visits us too, and he seeks our welcome. Let's not miss all of the opportunities he gives us. So also in the scriptures, there are many directives to be generous. And we also read that those that are not generous and do not tend to the needs of others will be judged harshly. It's a great reminder. In the book of Matthew, describing the judgment of the nations, Jesus tells us that we are to clothe the naked, feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, shelter the homeless, care for the sick, and visit the imprisoned. And Jesus reminds us that whatever we do for one of these, we do for him. He says, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. St. Teresa of Calcutta reminds us of this one. She used her five fingers to help us remember whom we serve. You did it for me. It's a great way to remember that when we serve others, we serve Christ. 
And, but it's true, I think, lots of times when reading this gospel that we see these acts, this list of things we need to do as an obligation or as a duty to be carried out rather than a way of living. And we really should be living this way every day. It shouldn't be what we do, it should be who we are. It's a gift, it's an exciting opportunity to engage with another, whatever their circumstances. And in the joy of the gospel, Pope Francis exhorts us not to be afraid to enter into the chaos of the lives of others. It's a moment waiting to be filled with the love of Christ, and we get to be the gift baskets in which he arrives. So what does hospitality have to do with missionary discipleship and with evangelization? There are other stories that come to mind with this in mind. Uh, one is the account of the road to Emmaus, and the other is the persistent neighbor looking for three loaves of bread late at night for a guest. In the Gospel of Luke, you remember we read about the two disciples who were walking dejectedly away from Jerusalem after the crucifixion, death and the resurrection of Jesus. As they're walking dejectedly and in a confused state, Jesus comes alongside them and he listens, he asks them questions, he breaks open the strictures to them. Not only that, but he walks with them in the wrong direction, away from Jerusalem. He accompanies them, accepts them where they are, teaches them, and when it looks like he's going on further, they implore him to stay, as was the custom, offering him their hospitality. And it wasn't until the breaking of the bread that they recognized him. And what did they do immediately? They ran the seven miles back to Jerusalem, proclaiming the living Christ. They felt their hearts burning within him, in them as they broke open the scriptures, and they were compelled to share this knowledge, this great news, and all that they had experienced. If they had not offered hospitality, they would have missed this vital moment in their encounter with the living Christ that prompted them to go back to Jerusalem to share the good news immediately, to be courageous. They were filled with joy. Look what they could have missed. Now remember I mentioned the parable of the persistent man knocking on the door of his neighbor late at night asking for three loaves of bread for a visitor. You know, on the surface, this story had always seemed to me to be about persistence in prayer, the generosity of the Father when we tell him of our needs, and to not give up doing so. However, a profound homily heard earlier this year, before the pandemic, expanded on the early Church Father's allegorical interpretation, as explained by St. Augustine in one of his sermons. That the guest that has arrived in this story, and for whom the bread is requested, is the one that is wearied of the world and is coming to us in darkness, looking for us to be the light, to nourish them with bread that will not perish, with knowledge of God, catechesis, to give an alternative, a better way of living. It reminds us to be ready to proclaim Christ at a moment's notice. You never know when the opportunity will arise. How often have we become nervous when we're challenged or asked some basic questions about what we believe? How confident are we in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? We cannot give what we don't have, so we must stock up, so to speak, on our knowledge of God so that we can be a source of that good news for those that are broken of the world, who are hungering for the saving message of Jesus Christ and who long to receive his mercy and grace. We can be the instruments that can bring that to others. St. Augustine exhorts us to learn and to teach others. If we're not prepared, we need to develop that virtue of humility, 
admit we need deeper understanding and be willing to learn and share. As in the parable, we see the benefit of persistence. We must go to God, knock and the door will be opened. Ask and we shall receive, seek and we shall find. This requires a lot of effort, I must admit, it doesn't come easily. But once our appetite is whetted, we too will hunger and thirst for deeper knowledge of and relationship with the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, which Augustine mentions are represented by the three loaves of bread and also the gifts of faith, hope and charity. The one who is bowed down by earthly pain and anxiety needs to hear the good news of Jesus and when we bring him to others, we receive so much more than we can ever give. You know the joy you have when you're hospitable to friends and when you give and you provide a beautiful meal, you go to a lot of trouble to prepare it and prepare your house. How much more important is it to give people the hospitality and love of knowing Jesus? So this is our moment. So many need us right now and they're not far away, they are next door. They're sitting six feet away from us in a pew at church or they're too afraid to come back to church because they're vulnerable to the virus. Let us be the ones who are contagious. But let us be contagious in our faith, our joy, our love and of one another. It's kindness that breaks down barriers. It is love that changes hearts. And it is our vocation as a church to evangelize, to make disciples, to show such love and compassion and joy that people will want what we have. Through hospitality, generosity and welcoming, we open the door, we share our very lives, and they'll know we are Christians by our love.